One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm your voice of confidence, and let's start a business. Well, I'm self-doubt, and I don't think so. Come on. With LegalZoom, it's just a few steps. Fine. I'm in. LegalZoom. Now you're in business. LegalZoom is not a law firm or a substitute for an attorney. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Richard. I thank you so much for coming today to talk about your wonderful book, Richard Dixon, talking about his latest book, Dying for Success. Wow. And can a lot of people relate to that? I know myself many years ago when I got out of corporate America to work as a consultant, I was killing myself for success or this idea of success. I, I wrote a book last year to talk about that. Um, but you wrote a very, um, your memoirs to talk about your uh, amazing recovery and miraculous success at the hands of adversity. Because what's amazing is sometimes the most difficult things in life can be the most amazing experiences to transform you and bring you places you never would have expected. Uh, share a little bit about your story with our savvy audience. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. I, uh, I had a corporate, uh, a corporate existence, if you like. I was an explosion protection engineer uh, and I worked all around the world for blue chip uh, multinational company. And then I fell, uh, fell seriously ill in 1999. Um, and I collapsed and I was rushed into hospital. Mm. And unfortunately, when I was in hospital, it was a, it was a, an appendicitis. And it was an appendicitis that um, had gone gangrenous. It'd been misdiagnosed some three or four months earlier. Um, I was initially told it was something that I'd eaten. I'd been working in Singapore. I came back. I'd had something to, to eat in London with my boss. And I was driving back home to Manchester. And um, I felt seriously poorly. And it lasted for the weekend. Went to the doctor. The doctor diagnosed it as an appendicitis. 
Uh, I went into the hospital, they carried out tests and said, no, we don't think it is an appendicitis uh, and sent me home. Mm. And some three or four months later, I actually collapsed and was rushed into hospital. And at that point, um, I was failing. I was actually uh, dying at that point, Mm -hmm. but they didn't know what was wrong with me. I was in and out of consciousness and one thing, another. Uh, I was too poorly for them to operate on at that stage as well. Mm-hmm. So um, they had to bolster me with antibiotics and drugs to get me strong enough to operate on, mm-hmm. uh, which they did. And they operated on me a couple of nights later, uh, eight hour operation. It was an appendix. It had gone gangrenous. It had burst and it poisoned my system completely. Oh my and God. at that point, uh, it was touch and go. And I came out um, with a 50 50 chance. Mm. Um, the family were told they were at the hospital at the time they were told that it was 50-50 I was going into high dependency uh, and sadly it went the wrong 50 way mm. and I actually died and um, and of course I remember dying which of wow. which is really really strange how was that experience for you it wasn't scary Christina I think you know we have this conception that um, life pef- passes before your eyes and all this sort of thing goes on and all the rest of it for me it it wasn't scary um it was a very calming experience it was very surreal I was in a ship's dry dock and um it the the walls of the dock were all slime black slime and I'm lay belly face down on the walls of this dry dock Hmm. and everybody I knew we were all stood around the circumference of this dry dock and all talking matter-of-factly. And I'm looking up and thinking as I'm sliding down towards a big plug hole in the bottom of this dock, mm-hmm. is somebody going to help me? Is somebody going to throw me a rope, a ladder, a hand or anything? Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody did. Mm-hmm. And I just slid down, calm as you please. You know, I wasn't I wasn't frightened. Yeah. And and I actually went down this big plug hole. And that was it. So from that perspective, it was uh, it it wasn't frightening. But what after happened after that was frightening. And that was more terrifying because Mm -hmm. they brought me back. And when I came back, I was, of course, in intensive care. Mm. But I remember dying. So then I was psychotic uh, and I was having hallucinations and, wow. and it, it, it went pretty, it went pretty bad. I actually believed uh-huh. that my sister had paid a, a, a geneticist to have me rebuilt and she'd paid this guy and I was made out of all sorts of different people's colours, religions, body parts. Interesting. Uh, oh, it was mad. Absolutely yeah. mad. Well, you know, it's a, what happened to my brother at three years old is uh, he had had a burst appendicitis and no one oh. knew he had gone to the hospital three days prior with like you. Oh, he's sick in the stomach. It's probably a stomach flu. Go home. And I was babysitting him with my parents were out having dinner and out of nowhere, you know, when a baby cries, like I want milk or something is one thing, but this was a cry of severe pain. It was mm. the, the depth of his soul scream. And I ran to his room and he, he just wouldn't stop screaming. I was like, oh my gosh, he's in pain. Something's wrong. I called my parents and they're like, oh, he's just crying. He's a baby. I was like, no, 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 no. This is not 
he's crying he's a baby this is like there's something wrong so my yeah. mom came home they called the doctor the doctor was like i'm sure he's fine bring him to the office tomorrow well his his appendix had burst and he was in the hospital one full month in intensive care um but wow it's, it's amazing how that happened now how did your perspective shift after going through such adversity and and you know when your health is so affected how did you come back from that what is that well I, like? I was i was in for three months um, wow. and, and, and that wasn't that wasn't the worst of it, because uh, one of the first things I remembered when I was starting to um, come round and, you know, find some normality um, was I had this horrific pain in my left leg and I just couldn't get to the bottom of what this pain was in my left leg. And of course, I'd got pneumonia, pneumonia, I'd got mm. total organ failure, I'd got toxin shock, I'd got, I was on all sorts of machines. Mm. Uh, to keep me breathing and things but I just got this horrific pain and I couldn't get anybody to take any notice mm. um, and eventually as I as I became a little bit stronger and I became off the machines the uh, the physiotherapist wanted to get me out of bed and get me into the gym and start to get me a little bit mobile again but I couldn't walk I couldn't move my left leg was in so much pain I couldn't even show my foot to the floor it was absolutely horrific um, and then eventually it was diagnosed in the gymnasium one day. I was kind of hanging off these parallel bars, holding on for grim death. When uh, one of the physios said to me, look, Richard, um, you know, we've seriously got a problem here, clearly, uh, with the pain and everything else. It looks to us as though your femoral nerve isn't working in your left leg. Mm -hmm. So um, we don't know why. Let's just find out what the situation is. Um, and we'll get further tests done. So on that basis, they did. And about a week later, I was in the dialysis suite having uh, kidney dialysis. Mm -hmm. I was in for about four hours when these three doctors came to visit me and said, um, unfortunately, we've had the results back from the tests and uh, your femoral nerve is severed and you will never walk again. You will be permanently disabled. Mm. Now that was like being hit with a baseball bat because immediately you're thinking, whoa, hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. How can this happen to me? Yeah. You know, I'd got a big job. Uh, I'd got two young children. Mm -hmm. I was active. I didn't smoke or any of these things. And uh, I just couldn't comprehend what, what had happened. The fact that you know, I was going to be permanently disabled. And I actually turned 35 mm. whilst I was in hospital as well. So that was uh, my perspective after that was very, very different because, of yeah. course, I was discharged. I was recently divorced and I lived on my own at that stage. Mm -hmm. And I went home to an empty house on crutches yeah. and I had yeah. to set to and rebuild my life, which, of course, was just absolutely in pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you've certainly come out the other end amazingly, but it's not, it's not easy to come from one side to the other side. How did that, how did you work through that to come to a point where, okay, I, it's happened. I'm going to move forward. Um, how, how did you work through that? It's about uh, choices. It's about decisions. It's about uh, changing your attitude and your mindset. And I clearly had a, a huge challenge um and I had to first of all I had to um get my mental health sorted out so I was seeing a, a psychiatrist who initially I was supposed to see him for six weeks every Thursday for six weeks mm -hmm. but in actual fact I saw him every Thursday for a year 
And by the time I'd finished with him, he needed help. Um, <laughs> he, uh, but he diagnosed that I got PTSD and, uh, and obviously depression, which under the circumstances isn't surprising. So I then had to uh, reinvent myself and change my mindset and make some decisions. Wow. Um, and the first thing I had to do was try and uh, look after myself, first of all. And you can't help other people. You know, I, I was no good to anybody. I was no good to my young children. I was no good to anybody until I actually got my own uh, shit together, if you like. Mm-hmm. And I started doing jigsaws huh. on the on the floor in the in the front room of the house. I started doing jigsaws just to try and get some um, thinking, you know, because I, I, I just couldn't think. I couldn't think straight. I couldn't think at all. So I had to kind of reinvent these plans step by step mm. each day to try and make myself stronger and make better choices. Yeah. And that's where the dog came in, Ellie, here, because as I came out of hospital, she was only six months old. Oh. And uh, a Dalmatian, as you know, is a proper handful and all they want is love, exercise and food. Uh, and she couldn't understand why um, I was in the situation I was in clearly and it wasn't her fault. So she gave me the, uh, as a mentor, if you like, which is a strange thing to say about a dog, but I know that you're a dog lover. Yes. Um, it was easy for me to um, understand where she was coming from and she forced me to get out of bed in the morning. And there were times, Christine, I just wanted to die. Yeah. You know, I really did just want to die. And I, and of course I was the victim as well from a mental perspective. It was, why has this happened to me? You know, I've never done anything wrong. I've never done anything to anybody or broke the law or anything like that. How can this happen to me? You know, I went in with something relatively simple. It should have been diagnosed. It wasn't. I died. They brought me back. You know, and they brought me back to punish me more by making me disabled Mm. with all these challenges. So I had to really find uh, strength. It was about making decisions and going off in a new direction and starting making a new life, small steps at a time to try and reach the final goal, which which with me was ultimately to walk again. Uh Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And I was also told, you see, that when I left that I was only ever do a sedentary job. And when I had a big job, you know, as, a, as an explosion protection engineer and I was going on silos, I was working in pharmaceuticals and gas and oil and all these, com- you know, companies around the world. For somebody to say, you'll only ever sit behind a desk and have a pen. Uh, I just couldn't accept that. Mm-hmm. And it was that that drove me forward, really. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I'm getting a couple of big lessons that came out for you. One is that you just refuse to accept what you're seeing before you and there has to be new outcomes. And the fact that you refuse to do that and you made a decision, what's the next step, small step. And one of the things I've got from a lot of our wonderful past savvy guests is that a lot of people will take a big ad- adversity and say, how do I overcome this? And they'll think, yeah. how do I do it all at once? I want yeah. to get to the other side. And really it's not, a, like, it's not an all at once thing. It's a, what's my no. first step for today? Um, I yeah. can't think about 10 steps or hundred steps. I got to think about what's the first thing I can do today to start moving forward and what's the outcome I want. Yeah. You have, yeah, you have to plan, you, you know, you start off, you think, right. Okay. Well, ultimately I'd like to be here, but it's just too big a challenge. And therefore I'll give up now before I even start. Mm-hmm. And that's the easiest thing to do. Whereas if you think, well, I need to get my head straight, what can I do to do that? 
And one, another thing that I did, I actually decided that I would build a model aeroplane and fly it. Really? And uh, so I thought, and I'm not going to buy a kit or anything. I'm actually just going to buy the plans and I'm going to buy all the parts and materials and everything. And I'm actually going to build it and I'm going to fly it. That was a challenge. Uh, and I did. And it uh, on its second flight, it crashed. Uh, and the thing was smashed to pieces. But that didn't matter. The, the, I'd, I'd achieved what I set out to do. And it helped me get mentally strong and focus and understand the steps and where I needed to go to, to achieve what I did. So the fact that it crashed didn't make any difference to me at all. I'd actually won that goal and then it was on to the next challenge. And, and that is a, a great piece of wisdom there because it's not about, you know, okay, it, you had a failure, you get up, you move on. But the fact that you, you actually accomplished what you set out to do and one small incremental goal you're like, boom, accomplished. I now build a sense of confidence. And, and, yeah. and so that sense of confidence leads into com compound confidence or compound interest, compound confidence. As you keep compounding that confidence, you begin to, okay, I could do this, I could do this. And you keep moving further and further forward. Absolutely. And, that, and that's what you need to do. I remember one occasion I went to, uh, I was trying to teach myself to walk again. Mm -hmm. uh, to get off the crutches. Uh, and, I, you know, I was quite an outgo outgoing, outlooking you know, person, mm -hmm. and I've become very insular. I didn't like going out. I didn't want to meet people. I felt a failure. I felt mm -hmm. as though I was a hindrance to people. Mm -hmm. You know, I was completely out of my comfort zone all the time. And of course, I was on crutches and people were constantly asking me why I was on crutches. Mm -hmm. And I was on crutches for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I, I was lucky enough to become part of a program at a hospital where they um, made this bionic leg for me. Uh, which gave me a mechanical ankle, a mechanical knee, it had a control plate that went under my shoe and it enabled me to actually get off the sticks and start taking some steps. But of course, that wasn't good enough for me. Over a period of time, I wanted to learn to walk without that. Mm. So I wanted to dump the bionic leg, as I called it, and, um, and start to walk normally. Mm -hmm. And I started to try and get around the house and take some steps on my own and, and something and another, my leg just kept I, you know, the, the problem with it, with ephemeral nerve, Christina, is that it controls all the all the muscles and mechanisms in your leg. It's a nerve, obviously. It's one of the one of the largest nerves we have in our bodies. And um, if it's severed, so it, your leg is kind of floppy. You can't put any weight through your knee. Your leg doesn't work. Mm. You can stick pins in your leg and you can't feel anything. You get electrocuted frequently because of the nerve damage. So I'm in constant pain all the time. Mm. And I went to see the um, I went to the doctor to see a consultant for a checkup and he said to me Richard how are you doing he says oh doc I'm doing great mm. wait till you see this that I've started to be able to do now so he says uh, he says well, what are you doing I said look at this I can I can I can take a few steps now I can walk and he goes oh yeah stop so just just sit down sit down so he sat down he said what are you doing I said look I'm, I'm look I can start to take some steps and, and walk mm. and he said look what you're doing here he says I'll tell you how this is going to end up he said, you are loading other parts of your body that isn't designed to work in the way that you're forcing it to work. And you're going to create different complications and different pains in different areas of your body. And ultimately, you'll end up in a wheelchair Oh my! sooner than later. Uh -huh. So give that up and just stay with your leg and your crutches and you'll be fine. And, I, and again, being the kind of attitude I have as well, 
actually, I'll prove you wrong. Yes. Because yes. it's all right for you to say that, mm -hmm. but this is my life and I'll take my chances because I think that I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I have done it. And I have done it. And it was the same. It was the pain, same with the pain threshold. You know, it's very easy to get addicted to the painkillers because you're in a, a lot of pain. Yeah. Or nearly all the time. The mm -hmm. pain is there all the time. It's just at what level it may be. And with nerve damage, it's you don't. It doesn't need a reason to be high or low. You just don't know where it's going to be from one minute to the next. Mm. But I soon realised that I needed to get off the painkillers. I did not want to be reliant on painkillers or anything like that. So the alternative for me was to increase my pain threshold. Mm. So I thought I'm gonna suffer the pain, mm. I'll learn to increase my pain threshold mm -hmm. and I will get off the drugs and the painkillers, which I did. Wow. So it's about making these decisions. Mm -hmm. And yes, the, each step at a time, small steps, achieve it, great, move on to the next thing until eventually, everything starts to link together and you start to get to where the ultimate goal is and where you need to be. Wow. It's about being wow. positive. Yeah, I get that. And it's, it's a great, great, uh, another great wisdom. We had a guy in several years ago who had been burned 80% of his body in, in this um, work catastrophe. And another um, guy next to him was also burned, I think, 80% of his body. One guy was like, I'm going to die. This is horrible. I'm never going to get over it. Of course, he did die. And the guy who came on my show, of course, did not die. But he said, you know, I just kept saying, this is unacceptable. I've got to get back to my life. And he just had that attitude. I'm plowing forward. On. And, and people were amazed. He healed so much more quickly than the other burn victims. But he was yeah. just this attitude like, no, 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 this is not acceptable. And, that, and that's what I'm getting from you, that you would not accept the outcome that they were giving. You're like, no, no that's not, no. not what I want. No, you, yeah. your, you know, your positive mental attitude is yeah. absolutely everything. Uh, you know, it, it counts for so much. If you, if you want to become the victim, I, I, Christina, I was, I was well insured. I had a, you know, I had a big job and I was well insured. So I was fortunate enough at that time when I came, I came home from, from hospital and I sat there on the floor crying but the mortgage was paid off. So I could have sat there and felt sorry for myself and watched daytime TV. And that could have been it. That could have been, that could have been my life. Mm -hmm. But it, what kind of life is that? That's not what I was about. You know, mm -hmm. I felt as though I'd been hard done by. I felt as though I'd had everything stolen from me. Um, and I wanted to set an example. You know, my, my, my two young children, Oliver and Jack, who were only uh, about five and three at that time, they had no idea what was going on. And, and things were traumatic at, enough at that point because I'd recently got divorced from the mother. Mm. So, you know, it's about setting examples as well. And it's a choice. It's, yeah. it's choosing. It's a choice. And even now, you know, I still suffer from depression. Mm -hmm. um, but I can I know now when to recognize the symptoms mm -hmm. and then I, I'll deal with that and I won't let it bring bring me down you know I just I was absolutely determined that I wasn't going to let the disability determine who I was mm -hmm. and what had happened to me it's no good looking back it's no good keep looking back it's no good looking in that mirror once you've passed it once it's done once it's gone it's gone what we need to deal with is where we are now and where we're going. Yeah. 
and and how are we going to get there to where we want to be yeah and that's it and people quite quite often you know when we do uh, I, I work with a, a colleague of mine uh, from a coaching company at Shirley Thicken and we've been running these um, these these uh, workshops mm-hmm. um, to, to help people that uh, that are in this black hole if you like and, and get out of it and we've been helping executives for the National Health Service over here and, and one thing another you know because of course the trauma and what we're facing with the pandemic and so on and so forth as we know worldwide it's been absolutely massive mm-hmm. um and it's been very very well received um and, and people will say to me we do it on zoom so we're able to do it wherever we need to do it because obviously we can't see people at the moment and it's been very successful but people will say to me on the q a later on do you wish it not happened you know uh and i actually say well it's a big question that but I have no regrets. Mm. Uh, I'm not, I am what I am. It's got me where I am today. Mm. I wouldn't be where I am today if it happened, if it hadn't happened, that was the direction and that was it. I had no say over it. It wasn't a decision that Mm. I made, how it happened or when it happened or if it happened, most people just sail through life Mm -hmm. without any dramas or traumas. And that's fantastic. That's how I think it should be, but it just wasn't going to work out like that for me. Yeah. So I have no regrets and I do believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the reason isn't apparent and we can chase that reason all our lives. And all of a sudden something might happen that thinks that's why. Yeah. And that's why it happened. But I have no regrets. It's, I only it's, look forward. That, that is totally uh, wonderful, Richard, because you can stay is stuck in the why, you know, how, and, and it, it'll get you nowhere instead of just focusing on, okay, what can I do with what I have today and how can I move forward? And it, it's a, such an inspiration for anyone listening in. Uh, there might be people, as you said, maybe minimal to little traumas in their life, but still maybe depressed or going through whatever they're going through internally to realize, okay, uh, Richard here has had some very um, difficult physical issues, but everyone has their own stuff, whether it's physical, mental, um, you know, psychological, but we can work through them just one step at a time, yeah. make that decision to move forward. And it's now what a one step process. It's an over, you know, it's a journey through life that you'll continue to have your issues and your struggles, but you can it get is, through and it. Yeah. It's just, it's keeping it real. Keeping, it's, yeah. putting it in, it's putting it in perspective. Yeah. Uh, and keeping it real, keeping your feet on the ground and uh, and just working it through, yeah. you know, remaining positive. You can do we can do anything that we want to do. Mm-hmm. You just need a plan. Yeah. And, and the first you start to instigate yeah. the plan and you'll get there. And what I love about that, that puzzle you're doing at the beginning there, uh, the jigsaw puzzle, it's you think, OK, how does that work to the end result? It doesn't matter. One step in front of the other you know, today you're having trouble with brain fog. Okay. So what can I do today? Maybe um, some puzzles of any sort, or maybe I can read a book, whatever it is that gets you engaged and gets you one step further towards the direction you want to go. It doesn't have to be, it's not the end result. And I think that's one thing that people miss is I want to get to the end result. And they're thinking so much about the end. What's the one step I can take right now, right here today. That makes the difference. Yeah. And little little things can make a huge difference. Yeah. You know, and it, it's just finding those little things. It's, it's understanding. And, and another thing as well is it's, it's accepting help. Mm. It's, you know, I think, I think for men in particular, I think it can be, and this is something that, that Shirley and I talk about in our workshop, 
I think it's very hard um, for men sometimes to accept help. And it can be seen um, as, a, as a weakness for a man, male chauvinist, big, strong, as we are, you know, I'm six foot two, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy. But at the end of the day, mm. I didn't want to accept any help. I had my head so far up my backside, I thought I could solve it all mm-hmm. on my own. And I, and I couldn't. Uh, and people were offering help. And then I would think that they were, were feeling sorry for me or you know or something along those lines and that wasn't the case at all you know people were genuinely concerned they wanted to help me they wanted to get me back on track uh, see me do well see me recover uh, and become back to the person that I was before and it took me a long time to get into that headspace where I would accept that because I thought I could do it alone yeah and I couldn't and I thought I was bigger than the problem yeah. And I could solve it and I couldn't. So I needed to accept that help. And I did. And I think accepting help and kindness mm. shows a strength. It does. It's not a weakness. Yeah. Um, and I kind of got around that in my own head because I suddenly thought, well, let's put the shoe on the other foot. And if I had somebody who was really close to me, be it a friend or a family member, somebody like that, that was in that sort of situation I would want to help them yeah and how would I help them and how could I help them and therefore how would I feel Mm -hmm. so on that basis I kind of turned I turned it around and I thought yeah okay you know and I accepted help and immediately things start to get better you start to feel better people Mm -hmm. are being kind want you know show show your kindness and help you yeah, it, it helps. It's a way to go, definitely. Yeah, and this is just a, a wonderful insight, wisdom to end on. It's so true. The accepting of help is a gift that you give others, allowing them to accept. That's one thing I had to learn a long time ago. Someone would give you a compliment. You're like, no, not this whole thing. And you're like, no, 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 <laughs> just say thank you. Okay. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> just say thank you. No, but it's it's a lesson that, you know, sometimes from time to time we can we can forget, but I don't want people to leave without finding how they can get their very own copy of Dying for Success. How can they do that? Well, they can uh, they can buy it through the website or they can go directly onto Amazon. The website is www.dyingforsuccess.com mm-hmm. or they can just look up Dying for Success Richard Dixon on Amazon and they'll find it there. And there's also the Audible available, Christina. Um, and it can get that again through Amazon or it can be on Audible or Scribd or Apple. It's 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 everywhere. That's great. So, um, yeah, you can get it through any of the normal channels. And that's great. If any- a lot of people are, are in the run and, and maybe traveling every day and by car is a great way to hear your story as well if they can't have time to read it. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, you know, one of the things I do now is, is helping people. And if I can help anybody, uh, you know, we, we speak about this, obviously, we're able to do it with Zoom now, which means we can do it anywhere over the world, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It might be in the middle of the night occasionally, but hey, ho, bit of red eye doesn't do, do you any harm, does it? Yeah. No. So, yeah, if people, you know, people want anything or want to track me down, get in touch, please do. Everything's there on the website. It's easy to find dyingforsuccess.com correct awesome awesome well richard i just have to thank you again uh, richard dixon for coming to share your great wisdom today on savvy broadcasting thank you christina thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure 
Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it cash back match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because our Sleep Number 360 smart bed is really smart. It senses your movement and automatically adjusts to help keep you both comfortable. Plus, it's temperature balancing so you stay cool. It's even smart enough to know exactly how long, how well, and when you slept. And to help you get almost 30 minutes more restful sleep per night. Sleep Number takes care of the science. All you have to do is sleep. Save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed Queen now only $19.99. Plus free premium home delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.